This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I'm Deborah Hatswell, and you're tuned into BBR, Cryptid, and Paranormal Investigations. Thank you for joining me, and I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you are well and enjoying your day. Sometimes you don't even have to leave the house to see a cryptid or a paranormal creature. Some unfortunate people are fortunate, depending on your viewpoint, see them outside the window or in their own land at home. Time and time again, I hear from people who have had very strange experiences. Some have heard breathing up close to the window or bangs on the walls or the roof, which have made them look outside and then they've been confronted by an incredible sight. Some experience footsteps on the garden gravel or shadowy figures in the tree line, faces peeking around trees or even worse, pressed up to the window pane. Now the world is full of these events and I would like to share with you some personal encounters experienced by people the world over. Many of these people, in fact all of them, have very normal middle of the road lives. They are not in the heights of the Himalayas or out trekking for four days into the wilderness. They are at home on their own land when they find they are in the presence of an extraordinary being of one kind or another. What would you do if you got up to get a drink or a snack and you realised you were being watched through the window by a thickly muscled creature? What if you heard a bang and went outside expecting to see nothing more than an unlocked shed door or a bin lid to be the source of the noise? And then you see something akin to your worst nightmare and it's watching you from behind a tree. After all, there is only a very thin pane of glass between them being out there or inside. You might want to draw the curtains before I continue. David's Encounter, Cheshire, 2017. I saw a female upright wolf watching me from the woods outside my bedroom. It was a number of years ago now and I saw her from my window. I remember her thick muscled arms and muscled body and at the time I lived in a house that looked out onto Greenbelt land. There was lots of trees and brush and stream and farms. And for a number of weeks I had felt watched when I was at home or out in the woods camping. I had a feeling that night that something was watching me and I got up and I looked out of the window and that's when I saw her. She was around seven feet tall and she was cloaked from the waist down. 
It hadn't gone dark yet, so I could see her clearly, and she was just watching me. I could clearly make out breasts, and that's how I know it was a female. A number of weeks before this happened, we did have most of our chickens killed, but I am unsure if this is related to her or some of the other strange experiences that have happened around the home. She also looked sickly, as if she wasn't well. She had a human-like face, but there was a definite snout. I would describe her as a female bipedal wolf. I just watched until she left and I went back to bed. I still feel watched sometimes, even though I live somewhere else now. One night when I was camping with a friend, there was something outside our tent. Whatever they were, there was more than one of them, as we could hear them in different areas at the same time. We were so scared, we rang the police and they came and they walked us out of the woods. We didn't tell them about the things hiding in the bushes because we knew they wouldn't believe us. A woman reports a creature at the edge of her backyard, July 2004. I was on my back porch, which faces east towards the mountain. I live in the woods, and on the side of the house where the creature was, the house is sparsely wooded and the land is flat. I went outside as my dogs had started to bark and run through the house. They got halfway through the dog door and stopped and just sat there and whined. Now I thought this was odd, so I went and I sat on the back porch to see if I could sat, catch sight of what was upsetting them. Then I saw the tree to my left move, and the tree was about 300 yards from me or less. So I watched the tree to see what caught my eye, and then I saw the creature. It was behind the tree, looking out from behind it. Its head was in the branches and it was hunched over. Its head was large and it had a definite brow. I thought I was seeing an orangutan, to be honest, except it was about six, six and a half feet tall. It was moving its head around the tree to watch me as I stood up to get a better look. Its hair was a rust colour, like the colour of dead pine needles. Its eyes were haunting and it was completely silent. It was watching me while I was watching it. I sat back down and I watched outside for about six minutes and then I went into the house and I watched through the window to make sure it wasn't a trick of the light or a shadow and then the creature moved in front of the tree. It was staying hunched over but it was watching me at the window at the same time. I watched a few more minutes and I went to the back of the house to get something and when I came back it was gone. While this was going on, my kids were in the front yard playing in the water. I think the creature had been, if it had been aggressive, it would have made some sort of move. But to me, it seemed to be quite peaceful. It seemed to be curious. And I think it was young, too young to be in such a vulnerable open area on its own. And I think it was watching the kids play. When my husband came home, we went out to the tree and all of the knapweed was completely trampled down around the tree. We didn't find any hair and prints or anything like that, though. I look every day to see if he's out there, but to no avail. Springwell, the gorilla face. When I was younger, around 12 or 13, I would sleep over at my grandparents' house often during the weekends and school holidays. 
And one night, when I was staying over, I saw what looked like a gorilla's head peeking out from behind a tree. And it was looking through the trees outside my window. I think it was watching me in bed. And I remember being so scared, I hid under the covers for the rest of the night. If I had to describe it, I would say the face kind of just looked like a gorilla with not much hair. This thing had a short stubby nose. It had massive eyes that looked black, but it was so dark, I'm not sure if there was any colour to them, if they would have looked different in the daylight. The hair around the face and head looked dark, brown and black. I only really saw the head peering around the tree, so I didn't see what the body was like or any of the details other than the face I could see clearly. Before I made sense of what was happening and hid, I did get a good look at it and it looked like a gorilla. I used to spend every free, mo- free moment at my grandparents' home in Springwell Village, Washington Northeast, before this happened. And I can remember that night well. Although I was fairly young at the time, I'd stayed up late watching TV with my grandparents. And when I finally did go to bed, I was lying there and I did not have the curtains closed. I never had them closed. I was just lying there in my bed and I was moving around a little bit to get comfort. And as I lay on my back looking out of the window, that's when I saw it. I was just looking out of the window thinking and all I could see was the conifer trees my grandfather had planted a few years before. And as I'm looking out the window, I notice two eyes looking at me. Right away, I'm scared. Then as my eyes adjusted to the surrounding trees and shadow, I notice what looked like a gorilla's face peeking through the trees, watching me. Being gripped by fear, I hid under the blankets until I fell asleep. And as I said, the face kind of just looked like a gorilla with not much hair on the face part at all. Short stubby nose, massive eyes and the hair around the face and head were very dark and black. I only really saw the head of this thing. Leon C, a heavy breather, outside the window. Around six years ago, I was staying at my brother's flat in Leon C and I was sofa lodging after I'd split from my long-time girlfriend. He had a ground floor flat and I was in his front room using the sofa bed which I needed to push right up to the bay window to make room. On this night, it was October 2013, about 1.30am, I was sitting upright on the laptop in bed, working on some price work, and the window opened a few inches, I just had it open for some fresh air. I realised I could hear some heavy breathing coming from some distance down the road. Not thinking anything of this, I just continued to work, but the breathing got closer and closer. It was no more than 12 inches away from my head. I have never been so frightened in my life. I could sense that the power and size of this thing on the other side of the window was something that I would never want to come face to face with. I am no shrinking violet. I'm six feet tall and I'm a 17 stone boxer. I have never been frightened by any man in my adult life. But I knew that whatever this was could bring a world of pain to me. I could tell by the sound of this thing's chest, whatever it was out there, it was huge. I have had large dogs in my life and nothing came close, nowhere close to what this felt like. It stayed outside my window for around 15 seconds and then it left. 
I don't mind admitting that I was too scared to move or to look out of the window for fear of my life for the next ten minutes or so. The next morning, after not sleeping much, I told my brother and his answer was to tell me to shut up making stories. Honestly, I would have done the same in the same if, you know, she was on the other foot. But to this day, I know what I heard and felt and I am confident in what happened. We don't know about everything that's out there. Am I going mad? I had a strange set of events happen to me this year over the space of five to six weeks, which I think are all relevant to each other. One of the things was I was set up late and I started hearing a flock of birds that sounded like they were coming over the house then going in a big loop around and around my house and back. They did not sound right. Something was off about this noise. Then, in the same week, about two nights later, I was woken up to hear something growling, like a real mean growl. And as this growling was happening, the bird sounds were happening as well. It was so surreal. I'm upstairs and I always leave my window open. I wish I'd got up to look, but to be honest, it was scary. I asked my neighbour the next day about these events as I was sure he must have heard it too, but he said he'd never heard anything. So much is happening here, I think I'm going mad. I would love to chat with this witness if possible. And if you hear this, please contact me at debbiehatswell at gmail.com and you can find that email address in the description below. 1977, Wantage, New Jersey. The Sykes family was disturbed at their home by something that had broken into their barn and crushed several of their rabbits to death. Now the predator returned that night and the Sykes saw it clearly standing in their well-lit yard. Ah, uh, yeah, I must apologise. It was big and hairy, Mrs Sykes reported. And it was brown. It looked like a human with a beard and a moustache. It had no neck. And it looked like its head was just sitting on its shoulders. And it had big, red, glowing eyes. When the Sykes dog attacked it, the creature effortlessly swatted it away. Sent it flying about 20 feet. On subsequent nights, the creature was seen several more times by the sights. A hairy face at the window. Hassocks, May 2017. I want to share an experience I had in May of this year while I was holidaying in Brighton. We were sleeping in a caravan in Coleman's Caravan Park in the Hassocks and everything went well and on the Tuesday, which was the second night of our holiday, we decided to have an early night. We went to bed. We'd been settled down for about half an hour when I heard this strange ruffling sound outside the caravan. Now the campground is quite small and private and we were sleeping with the curtains open. And when I opened my eyes to see what was making the noise, I got a shock. As I looked to the window, I saw this thing looking in the van at us. It was not doing anything, but it was just stood there looking in and it was watching us in bed. Seeing it shocked me so much, I turned around and I woke up my husband. I would describe what I saw as pretty tall. Its head reached the top of the caravan window. The face was pressed up against the glass and the figure was hairy. My husband sat up and he lit his lighter and for a brief few seconds we got a good clear look at it. Its shoulders were very broad and its face was ugly. It had a full beard but 
the thin hair on top of its head and it was showing its teeth. The teeth on this thing were like a dog's. I was so scared. Luckily, as soon as my husband lit the lighter and illuminated the room, this thing ran off. I was trying to reason what or who it could be. I don't know if it was just someone who was homeless, but it just didn't seem human to me. It looked like half an animal. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill and half a human male. I saw your video on Yellowham Hill and I thought I'd contact you. Could it have been one of those Bigfoot things you talk about? The Hairy Man, Alaska. When Donald watches the Discovery Channel, especially programmes about the unexplained or the mysterious wildlife, he sometimes gets the urge to call his brother-in-law Frank to talk about what happened that night many years ago. Now, they both remember that night more than 25 years ago and the creature that stood a good four feet above their teenage frames in the early winter. They remember the long arms, the body covered in thick hair and the face with features that were somehow human and somehow not. They remember its strength. I remember watching when he was running through the alders in the moonlight, said Donald, and we have a lot of alders here. And he was sweeping them aside and running at the same time. Donald and Frank saw what the village elders called Olak. And it's the creatures many Alaskans know as the hairy man. A solitary hairy biped with astounding strength, near human features. And sometimes a penchant for stalking people. Now these stories have been around for hundreds of years, said Danny Siebert, a pilot who grew up in Chignik. My grandparents heard these stories from their grandparents and when you think about it, when you go to Canada, you hear those same stories from the people there too. Most every region in Alaska has a hairy man law. The Athabascans call him Nantia and warn that he will steal your children and raise them in the wild. There's a story of a man who shot and injured a hairy man and the creature escaped but he left behind its blood. And that blood had the texture something akin to transmission fluid. In 1981 publication from the school in English Bay, a student wrote of her summer in Port Graham and a mysterious figure in the dark that whistled and scared her and hid behind the trees. 
Now, while some dismiss believers, witnesses and their supporters speak without doubt. Donald's quite reserved when he speaks, but he's certain of what he saw that night. The boys were maybe 16, 17 years old, respectively, and it was the 1970s, typical weekday night in their southwest Alaska village. They stayed up late, playing cards at Frank's house. The dog started to go crazy outside, and Donald remembered, which usually meant there was a bear around, but they were sure the dogs would move it off soon enough. When the barking didn't subside, the boys decided they'd better go and investigate. And as Frank reached for his rifle, they heard someone, or something, messing with the door latch on the cabin. A massive figure then moved to a broken window that had recently been patched with some scrap glass. The creature tried to reach inside the home, and it cut itself and it ran off. And at first we thought someone was playing around with us, so we decided if it came back, we'd run outside and chase it, said Donald. We thought it was just some stranger coming up from another village to scare us. Donald and Frank went back to their evening and then the creature returned and again fumbled with the door latch. The teens rushed onto the porch, which was built on a foundation nearly four feet high, Donald said, and we looked up at him. The creature stood in the snow beyond the house. The teens, believing it to be a human playing a prank, gave chase towards a series of nearby hills. I remember going up the first hill, and when I got to the top, it was already on the third hill, said Donald. There are a lot of hairy man reports from the nearby villages. Donald's grandmother, who lived in a neighbouring village, told him a story of when she was younger, and the villagers caught a hairy man. They trapped him somehow, said Donald, and brought him to the village. The Seven Oaks Chimp Sighting, 1978. I lived in Seven Oaks in Kent in a street with a series of houses which was laid out in an oval shape. The street itself had around 40 or so homes and the house I lived in had fields to the left of it, countryside to the right and woodlands for a few miles at the back. Now the countryside was pretty thick in places, some pine forests and oaks and birches, that kind of thing. It was quite diverse. So I guess you could say I lived on the outskirts of town. I was 10 at the time, and this was a Sunday night, and I was waiting to watch how the West was won. It was pretty cloudy and foggy, and a still night that I can remember even now, 30 years on. I went to my kitchen to make a cup of tea for me and my parents, and in our house, we didn't have double glazing back then. It was a one-sheet glass window with metal partitions, so when we had to cook or boil a kettle and it was cold, the condensation would occur and settle heavily on the glass. I waited in the kitchen for the kettle to boil, and out the corner of my eye, I saw a face appear in the bottom pane of glass. At first, I thought it was my reflection from an odd angle, and then I looked again closely. This time, the face pressed itself hard against the window. And it was a sort of chimp and human style face. As if they were both combined somehow. It was youngish, I'd say not old or fully grown. And I pretended I didn't see it. But I was absolutely terrified. I refused to look back at that window. I left the room and sat down motionless. I couldn't say a word. So I decided at the time to draw it. And I did so straight away. As an addition to this... The face resembled that of a chimp with a sn short snout 
blackish brown eyes with a human type hair everywhere on it. Nighttime sighting in a backyard, Round Rock 2017. Now, I know there will be many who will not believe what I'm about to relate, said the gentleman, as I'm still having trouble coming to terms with it myself. This happened off Highway 79 and Egger Avenue in Williamson County, Texas Road, close to Round Rock, and it happened on the 23rd of June 2017. My plan was not to say anything about what happened that night and just to pretend it was all a dream. But the nightmare continues to haunt me even during the day. I can't shake the image I've seen or the sounds I've heard. And the only way for me to make sense of it all and to deal with any of it is to write it down while it's still fresh in my memory. I'm just come out and say it. On Friday the 23rd of June 2017, I saw a very large, tall thing in our backyard and it would seem to have been otherwise known as I... Oh, I can't say it, Bigfoot. I know it sounds crazy to you, but it's true. And I consider myself to be one of those quirky, debunking, extraordinary claims by others type of people. I have no concern for UFOs, Loch Ness Monsters, or none of that. Our youngest son used to watch those goofy Bigfoot shows, and me and my wife used to just laugh about it. But then this happened. It started off as a regular Friday evening. We had some drunk students who were drumming in the studio. Our children were playing video games and my wife was cleaning. And I was working on writing some parts for an upcoming show. Sometimes I do that. I do my best work while enjoying great music. So I remember I was listening loudly to 2112 by Rush. It was the A side of the album and it had run its course. So I had to get up and turn the record over in order to listen to the B-side. As I approached the turntable, I thought I saw someone running down by our creek through the window, which is odd because the individual would have had to be very tall, much taller than what would be considered a normal-sized human, for me to be able to see him from where I had been standing. I stopped the record player and curiously walked over to the French doors located on the west side of the home. Everything appeared quite normal. I didn't notice anything. I thought nothing more about it and went back to attending to my music. This is when things suddenly became strange. While listening to the song Twilight Zone, I heard an unusual howling-type noise, and at first I thought something may have been wrong with my speakers. But the bizarre sound continued when I turned off the music. It almost sounded like a hoot, though much deeper and very varied. Our three dogs began nervously congregating by the door, and they all seemed extremely agitated as they were pacing backwards and forth. They even began doing their own unusual howling, something I've never witnessed any of them do prior to or since this event. I thought there must have been another dog or possibly one of the wild coyotes recently observed in our neighbourhood hanging out by the creek. In order to ensure the safety of the dogs, I grabbed a broom, not my best choice of weapon, and opened the door to investigate. And this is where things happen rapidly. It's all pretty much a big blur at this point. As I shut the door, our littlest dog squeezed through the narrow opening and bolted towards the back fence overlooking the creek area. She looked cute, running at breakneck speed, and that was until I looked up and I noticed this large creature in our creek area looking in our direction. 
It had glowing greenish yellow eyes and it quickly turned away from me and ran to the south, following the flow of our creek until it quickly disappeared. I was absolutely stunned. Where I was expecting a little nuisance, I had found a magnificently imposing creature, the likes of which I hadn't thought possible, much less probable. It was surreal to watch such a large creature move so quickly as it bounded towards Highway 79 and retreated underneath the overpass and beyond. I only caught a brief glimpse of the thing and it was tall and hairy and it had large feet and it was extraordinarily fast for its size. All that remained was the memory of those few fleeting seconds. My wife had heard our dogs um, making their odd noises and she'd opened the door only to find me standing at the edge of our fence, holding our littlest dog and staring at nothing. I didn't know how to respond when she asked me what it was I was looking at, as I wasn't sure myself. The last thing we both heard was the strange-sounding and ear-piercing, howling hoot. We just looked at one another while our dogs responded in kind with their own version of the odd sound. My wife had asked what made the noise, and I didn't know what to say. It was a rough night. I had read the claims by other people around Red Rock and parks and recreation and subsequent sightings that were reported there. It just all seemed a bit silly. And yet overnight, my opinion had changed in a huge way. It's a big deal for me to share what I experienced in our creek area. I have a feeling there will be unbelievers, but I'm okay with that, as I know what we heard and I know what I saw. And my dog saw it too. One of the weirdest of all was how happy our dogs seemed to be once they were all outside, as if they were glad to be around a long-lost friend or something like that. They were smelling everything vigorously and wagging their tails as they looked towards where the swing was still moving, where the thing had stood. The best thing is, we feel confident we'll know if he's ever visited again as our dogs will most likely make those same strange sounds. Perhaps as an announcement, letting us know of their returning friend. At least I hope so. The Isle of Grain sighting, 2016. Hello, Deborah. I'm reporting this on behalf of a good friend. A friend of mine who lives in a remote Kemp farmhouse along the Medway on the Isle of Grain. My friend's lived at this property for a good number of years now and they've experienced some strange going on. And at one point, they saw what can only be described as a large Sasquatch-type creature through the window. This creature was on her property on a number of occasions, and she describes it as a tall, hairy, upright creature that looks like a cross between a man and an ape, walking upright on two legs. There's a caravan, a mobile home, standing on the property, and this has been rocked back and forth when someone's in there at night, and there have been bangs on the sides on a few occasions now. I asked my friend to explain what the creature looked like and when they described the height, she said, the creature itself has been seen leaning over a Ford Escort van and he wasn't standing up straight at the time. He was kind of hunched over and the roof of the van still only came up to its stomach. Standing up straight, this thing would be absolutely massive. Now, there are very few houses in the area. It's mostly fields and marshland. And if you go there and have a look around, you can see how it wouldn't be too difficult to get around and see. I've been see it's been seen by our friends up fairly close, he said, and it doesn't seem to be put off by their presence. 
we live in the area ourselves in a local farm and have seen what looked like a very large print of something that had been laying down, as if a large animal had made a bed or a nest of some kind in the tall grass. We're local to a river, we have power lines and disused train track and plenty of woods and forests. Investigations over the years with neighbours and locals have brought forward a number of similar reports, all describing hairy, tall, upright creatures that resemble half men, half apes. A woman reports a visual encounter through her kitchen window. I saw Bigfoot in my backyard. He stood about seven to eight feet tall. He weighed a hundred... Uh, 800 to 100 pounds. He was black and hairy all over and he smelled worse than a skunk. It had arms like an ape and it looked prehistoric. And it was very shocking to see. Most recently, a teenage boy claimed that he saw Bigfoot in the Woodville area too. So I'm not the only one to see it. My son told me one night something that stunk came close to the house by the bedroom where he was sleeping. Whatever it was, it moaned and groaned and he could hear it breathing against the window. Now, Monica Rawlins is a Bigfoot researcher and she met with this witness at the property and this is her report. The investigation was conducted as a result of an incident that occurred in Tyler County, Texas in October of 2001. The witness met me in Woodmill and the property is densely forested with pine and oak trees. It was also noted that there was a Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Large amount of wild strawberries going, growing all around the inside of the abandoned goat pet. The witness and her son lead me to various points of interest, as she now refuses to go into the woods. The witness made it clear that prior to this incident, she simply did not believe that Bigfoot existed. After the incident, the witness sought out as much information on these creatures as she could find.
Now, the first location that the sun guided me to was an old oak tree on which the Sasquatch had been urinating and scratching. There are trees approximately 200 feet south from the back of the house, but the view is obstructed by severe overgrowth of the old goat pen. Once at the tree, I noticed a musky smell covering the tree, similar to the smell of a sweaty horse, but I couldn't see any scratch marks or bark rubbing on the tree. Approximately 25 feet east of the oak tree was what appeared to be a well-travelled hog path from the back fence leading deep into the woods into a southerly direction. From the oak tree, we proceeded west into a surrounding woods and at approximately 50 yards into the woods, I discovered what appeared to be a footprint near the spot that the sun has an old deer stand. The print measured 12 inches long and 4 inches across at the heel and 8 inches across at the ball of the foot. I later made a cast of this trap. The son told me that he'd been travelling through the woods in the area the day before and I had a feeling that he was being watched and he was sure that something was following him. He then led me south approximately a quarter of a mile to a dry creek bed where he found an interesting track. Once we reached a creek bed, I photographed the track, which was on a steep angle and appeared to be a claw mark, where something had been crawling out of the creek bed, headed in a northern direction. I cast the track and I got some great detail, and it shows five digits. After I cast the print, we all headed back to the house. It should be noted that our hike through the woods took four hours in total. That's how large the land is. And at various points throughout our hike, we noticed the same musky, sweaty horse smell that was prevalent around the oak tree. The smell seemed to hang in certain spots and it wasn't drifting through the air as you could walk into the smell and take two steps and be out of it. As I later interviewed the witness, she explained to me that several months before the reported incident, she and her son had gone out to feed the goats that they raised and they'd noticed that the very young goats had started to come up missing. It was at night, so it was very hard in their, very dark in their backyard. The witness indicated that while she and her son were feeding the goats, they heard a low growl behind them. The growl sounded very close, but they could not see anything. And the witness said that her first impression was that the growl came from a big cat. A Sasquatch, as a possibility, never occurred to her. The witness remembered that later she and her son discovered that another goat had also disappeared. The witness remembered that at the time she started finding dead goats and they were not eaten but merely dismembered. The witness also said that her geese then started turning up missing as well. Now She also stated that on the day of the reported visual encounter, she was busy cooking dinner and dealing with family matters and it was daylight outside. She reportedly looked out of a kitchen window into the backyard and saw a very large animal standing on two legs. The animal was very hairy and it was black in colour. To the witness, the animal looked like a prehistoric man. She could only see the profile of the subject and it was not moving, but her view was clear. She estimated the distance to be approximately 50 to 60 feet between her and the subject. And she described it as standing 8 to 9 feet tall and weighing somewhere between 800 and 1,000 pounds. She said it had arms like an ape hanging low to its side and the subject stood hunched over. She could guess the height because the subject stood next to a tree that was 9 feet tall. 
The witness recalled that after watching the subject for a short while, she sat down to collect her thoughts. The whole incident seemed very surreal to her. And after realising what had happened, she stood up to get another look, but the creature was gone. The witness guessed that it must have walked back into the woods and the house was adjacent to many acres of woodland. The witness decided to tell her husband and son about what she had seen. Her husband ridiculed her and her son grabbed his gun and immediately went to investigate. And there was no sign of the subject. The son stated that when he was looking around, he heard gunshots from the woods and he heard two men yelling at each other. According to the son, he heard one male say, What was that? Another male voice answered, Let's get the hell out of here. Since the incident, the witness and her son have moved the goats to a different location, and the witness and her husband now live elsewhere, but her son still lives on the property. Other incidents reportedly occurred in the area, and the witness's son has heard an unknown animal moaning, groaning and breathing on occasions outside the window at night. The witness's friend, who was an EMT, reportedly had a very large animal run across the road in front of her when she was driving to her job one night. Another friend's grandson reported seeing a Bigfoot step out of the woods and onto a road very close to where he was standing and convinced that something unique is out there in those woods. It scared the witness to the point that she refuses to go into the woods at all anymore and her son would only go in with me if I had a weapon. The Broomfield Dog Light Beast, 1990. I grew up in the countryside close to Essex in the UK and we lived in a very rural area surrounded by thick woods and fields. And back then, when there was only one small farm down the track, my first encounter with this thing that I can only describe as a beast was in our garden at 11.30pm and I was about 13 or 14 years old. My stepdad had just driven back from the pub and he was in the kitchen making toast and I went down to get a drink of water. The back garden of floodlight was switched off, as it was very blinding when you came up on it, and my stepdad noticed something moving about in the dark garden, and was looking out of the window. He questioned what he was seeing, so I took a look, and we tried to work out what it was, but we couldn't make out clearly, so we switched on the floodlight. In the light, we can now see, as plain as day, this thing. It's on all fours and it's drinking water from the pond. It was huge. It was black, very wide and very muscular. It turned and looked towards the house. I'm assuming it couldn't see us as we were shielded by the light. I have never seen anything like it before. Its face was just like a dog, but it looked much more fierce than a many domestic dog and its features were very strong and defined. This creature was covered in thick black hair from head to toe. My stepdad and I just stood there in shock and it moved away from me from the pond and stood up on its back legs and leapt over the end tall garden hedge. The hedge was about 10 feet tall and it had no trouble clearing it and it was gone. My stepdad turned off the light and told me to go to bed. The next morning... He told me that we were not going to discuss what had happened again. And whatever I, whenever I tried to bring it up, he would just deny it all and deny that it had happened. But that was not the only time I think I came very close to it. I was marking my friend home about f four years later. We walked across the fields past the farm's old barn. 
and there's a large broken hole in the side of the barn. We had to walk close to it to get down the track. And it was around lunchtime, so we were walking in broad daylight. As we got closer to the barn, we both noticed this animal, and it was edged inside the barn, looking out of us at a hole in the wall. We both questioned what it was, so what it could be, and we both decided to back off slowly and return the way we'd walked. As we did this, it moved further backwards into the barn. I think it did this to remain hidden. We walked back to my house very quickly, and I never went down there on my own again that I can remember. There's one report sent to the police also about an unusual animal in the area after something huge ran in front of a dog walker. The dog walker said it was crossing from one side of the wood to the next. Now, the dogs refused to walk near to where the animal was and they sat whimpering. The police got a casting of some prints from down there, but then it all went hush-hush and it was never mentioned again. So this is my personal experience and I am thankful that I no longer longer live in Essex. Strange Beast reported by Western Oklahoma residents. Billy Paris arms himself with a deer rifle whenever he goes across the creek to feed his hogs. Just a couple of days before the snow and ice melted this winter, Billy, a 15-year-old high school freshman, was scouting for coyote tracks along the trail creek near his home when a growl made him stop. The noise came from an animal standing on two legs about 20 yards away from him. Frightened, the young hunter dashed to his parked car and drove away. It was four or five feet tall and pretty wide, said Mr Parra. He stood upright and it had a kind of reddish-brown hair colour. Now, reports of an unidentified creature in western Oklahoma by the Parry family and others in the Dewey County area aren't the first. In 1977, search parties were formed and after similar sightings were reported in eastern Oklahoma near Bristow and Stilwell. The family, Parry family says the animal prowled on their property and near their house for more than a month. It was an animal only Billy saw clearly. An animal, they say, smelled like a sewer. Hair samples found by Parry's house were sent to Hayden Hughes, director of Sasquatch Investigations. And the hair... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Sample look very interesting. At this point, he cannot confirm what kind of animal came from. He said he couldn't match it to anything. He said an investigative sample is being forwarded to the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigations for further testing. About a week later, Billy's two-year-old sister Melissa became hysterical when she was frightened after seeing a bear in her window of the bedroom at home. Mr Parry and his son immediately got their rifles and circled the house, each going a different way. They both smelled an odour that smelled like a sewer, but they didn't see an animal. A few days later, while hunting for a coyote... Parry heard a barking noise and saw a coyote cross towards a strange animal, but he couldn't get a good clear shot at it. When the coyote arrived at the place where the animal was barking, there was a short, terrible fight with growls and screams. The coyote only yipped a couple of times, he said. There wasn't much fight to it, and the coyote didn't last long. Parry said the next day he found a spot where something had made short work of that coyote. There was an assorted amount of coyote hair in the spot the size of a card table. Now, the animal had to be pretty quick as he caught that coyote in an open place. And the visitor on Trail Creek came back again and again, the Paris say. Late one night, a heavy animal ran around the north corner of the house. Mrs Parry was in the bedroom and Mr Parry was in the living room on the south end of the house watching a late mover when both of them heard footsteps. The dogs all ran and met at the one corner of the house and they briefly tangled together to try and get at it. After a search, reddish-brown hair with a very strong odour was found there later. The following night, the animal staged a repeat performance. Again, it was late and the sound of the animal running around the house woke Mrs Parry. If I hadn't been here and you had told me this story, I'd have thought you were goofing, Mr Parry said. In the meantime, Billy noticed the sewer odour around the pig pen and heard something crunching through the brush on a few occasions. Billy claimed he could smell the sewer odour stronger than the smell of the hog, said Linda. The next weekend, Mr Barry, Billy and several friends hunted for the animal. A repeat hunt was held the following Sunday and seven or eight men came out on the Monday, Lonnie said, as he had to go back to work. The hunts didn't turn up an animal. But Mr Parry said tracks were, found, tracks were found along the creek and a month and a half later, in a little more than 40 miles southwest of the crow flies, Alex Inman of Raiden and his son of Roger Mills saw an animal they say they can't explain. The two men were feeding cattle southwest of Cheyenne on land that had been largely undisturbed by human habituation when they saw an animal that one man described as bigger and broader than a dog would be. The dark-haired animal didn't have much of a neck. Its head was pretty much set on its shoulders, and Mr Inman said it walked on all four legs. 
Now the cattlemen pulled up in a pasture and started honging their pickup horn to call the cattle in to feed them before they saw the animal. Now they only glimpsed it broadside before it headed directly away from them, he said. Springer said it didn't seem to be afraid of them and it wasn't in a big hurry. They had plenty of time to get a look and even though it was quite a little ways off, they could still see it clearly. It was moving on all fours and it was stood up to a foot taller than a coyote would be and a lot wider. It didn't look like anything I have ever seen before. It was dark brown and wide. It wasn't fuzzy or furry but very slick, haired like a pig. It was kind of smooth in the way it moved. It didn't bounce. It was fluid. It was pretty heavy and it had a pretty big body. The two men watched the animal until it disappeared into the heavy brush. People won't mention seeing things for fear of being laughed at. But one lady says about five or six years ago, something was digging at the foundation of her house near Cheyenne one night. No one dared to venture out and see what it was, she said. Growls and angry noises came from the animal and it went to the kitchen window where the light was on. She said she turned the light out and another one on and the animal left the dark window and came to the lighted one, she said. The next morning, Mrs Sasser checked for tracks. The animal had tried to dig under the foundation instead of trying to get in the window. The tracks were like dog tracks, but as big as a man's hand. There was no claw marks showed in the tracks, but claw marks did show where the animal had dug against the house. Whatever it was, it literally gave up and went away. Her dog didn't challenge the animal. Um, They just took off, she said. It makes me wonder what is out there. They need to find out what's going on. Other people, like Mrs Sasser, say they would like to know for sure what lives in the creeks and canyons of Western Australia. Uh, Oklahoma, sorry. Oh, dear. Kirkconnell, face at the window. In the Kirkconnell area of Scotland, there's a long-standing situation that has locals puzzled. As far back as people can remember, there have been reports of a strange reddish-coloured figure who peeps into the windows of the homes in the village at night. A strange laughter can also be heard, and a horrid face was looking through the windows. A bridge close to the town was said to be the home of a reddish-coloured figure who was mostly seen at dusk although it would hide if anyone approached the bridge. The Worcester Country Werewolf, 2009. My husband and I were given three of our grandchildren to raise, and they were boys, one and a half, three, and two and a half years old. The boys were followed a few months later by their sister, who was a newborn. We lived in a small town in New England, so small that you had to step outside of the house and you could just see the police station, the fire department and the post office. One day after work, when the youngest children were six and four respectively, I came home to find a house in a state of disarray. Supper hadn't been made and the kids were running to me with quite a story about a big gorilla that had been outside that day. The two youngest let me know that during the afternoon they saw a big gorilla in front of the house running along the street. They said it was very fast. Then the big gorilla jumped our picket fence and ran into the yard. The children said they had their noses pressed against the window pane and that the big gorilla came up to the window and growled at them and then pushed its paws against the window. The children said they tried to wake up my husband but he'd fallen asleep on the couch after a night shift and they couldn't rouse him. The big gorilla then ran into the backyard where it broke some car windows and threw some trash cans 
I didn't disbelieve the children. I was just too exhausted after a 12-hour shift to deal with it. And responded, that's nice. I just, the, the, I also did not give much credence to the big gorilla story. Much further thought went into it, to be honest. When the children got a little older, we moved to North Carolina. And it was in the North Carolina when the children were nearly teens that I started to listen to Dogman Encounters. And I heard someone talking on there about a big gorilla and something very fast. And the story that the children had told me jumped back into my head. So did the children have an encounter with something all those years back? I immediately spoke to our 12 and 14 year olds separately. Do you remember the time you told me the story of a very big gorilla? The 12 year old energetically told me every single thing they remembered. The animal was very large and very fast. It had black hair and a long bushy tail. It growled. It had paws with fingers. It had stood up and pushed on the window with those paws. It ran very fast and it jumped over the fence. It ran into the backyard and it made a lot of noise breaking things. Now the 12 year old said it did not have the face of a gorilla or a monkey. But she couldn't tell more about the face because of the hair. The 14 year old shivered when I asked if he remembered it. And he said he'd never forget that thing coming into the yard. He remembers it clearly, as if it was yesterday. He too remembers the swiftness of the creature, the black hair on it, and how it jumped the fence and was running amok from the top of the backyard. He said he doesn't know what it was, and he still doesn't, but that he hopes never to have to see it again. The Hale Val- Village Werewolf On the last day of April, 1999, Jane, an asthmatic woman in Hale Village, England, sent her husband Ken out to the garden shed one evening because his excessive pipe smoking was aggravating her chest. Half an hour later, Jane heard a sudden... Oh, sorry, a blood-curdling howl, a loud growling noise and the sound of something being demolished. A man's face suddenly appeared at her kitchen window and Jane suddenly realised it was her husband. But where had his hair gone? At that moment, Ken barged into the kitchen and locked the door. He said he'd been smoking in the shed when he heard a weird howl. The face of some animal, which looked like a wolf, appeared at the window and it had bright green eyes and a white stripe running from its nose across its head like a skunk. This thing started to smash through the door and its massive claws came through a hole and swiped at him. It clawed off his hairpiece, which Jane knew nothing about at all, and injured his shoulder. To fend off this animal, Ken grabbed a gardening fork and stabbed the beast's left arm and it reacted by howling and running off. Jane said it must have been a very large dog, but Ken said the animal had run off on two legs. On the following day, whilst cleaning up the mess in the shed and garden, Jane saw her neighbour Jess with a huge bandage on her left arm. Jane asked if she was okay and what had happened to her arm. Jess said she'd had a fall in the night and banged her arm. But Ken noticed that Jess had a white streak in her hair and he called the white stripe on the head of the strange animal that had attacked him the night before. I hope you enjoyed tonight's compilation and I will be back next time with more personal, creepy and unexplained reports. If you have enjoyed this video, please subscribe, like or share. If you would like to join our community and help us investigate cases like these and others or have a sighting experience you would like to report, or a case you would like us to look into, 
You can find my email address in the video description below. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate the support and I hope you enjoyed our content. Until next time, good night. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.